Welcome to 7-Minute Torah, an exploration of the weekly Torah portion with me, Rabbi Micah Streifer. If you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to subscribe or comment or share it with a friend. We have arrived at the Broadway musical section of the Torah. Some of you may have recognized those as the opening notes of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Fun fact, Andrew Lloyd Webber was 17 years old when he and Tim Rice started writing musicals together, the same age that Joseph is at the beginning of this week's Torah portion, which is called Vayeshev. Yes, this is the Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat Torah portion, although it's not actually called that in the Torah. The Parsha begins by introducing us to Joseph, who is the favorite son of Jacob slash Israel. It will go on to tell us the story of how Joseph found his way to Egypt in a series of events that will really shape the entire Jewish story. And along the way, it introduces us to someone who just might be the most important person in the entire Torah. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I'll leave you to think about who might be the most important person in the entire Torah while I go back and tell a little bit of the story. The Parsha tells us that Joseph is a little bit of a spoiled kid and a bit of a dreamer also. His father coddles him and favors him and, in fact, uses him to spy on the rest of the sons. The Parsha says that Joseph would bring back reports about his brother's actions to their father. So we can imagine that he may not have been his brother's favorite guy in the world. And that doesn't change when their father gets him a ketonet pasim, an ornamented tunic or striped coat. This is the amazing Technicolor dream coat of Broadway fame. When Joseph's brothers see this, they are angry and jealous and filled with rage. And not helping the matter, Joseph then shares with them two dreams he had. One about all of their sheaves of corn bowing down to his sheaf of corn while they're out in the field. And the other dream about 11 stars and the sun and moon bowing down before him. The meaning of these two dreams is quite plain. Joseph's brothers become angry. They accuse him of wanting to lord over them. And ultimately, they throw him in a pit leave him for dead, decide to sell him into slavery, and tell their father Jacob that his favorite son is dead. Joseph, meanwhile, is taken down to Egypt and sold into slavery, where he's mistreated and accused of a crime and thrown into jail. And the Parsha ends with Joseph in this incredibly low place, in prison and seemingly forgotten. The thing is, we know he's not forgotten. We know that in next week's portion, Joseph will claw his way back up to a position of authority and responsibility that will allow him ultimately to help his brothers to reunite his family and send for them. This is the story of how the Israelites get to Egypt. These are the opening events of the Exodus story that we tell around our Seder tables, that we celebrate every Shabbat and every holiday, and that is so central to Jewish life. But that's the story that's coming. That's next week's and the following week's portion. That's the book of Exodus that's coming a few weeks from now. For now, Joseph is a 17-year-old kid who's looking for his brothers so he can spy on them and lord over them a bit. And that's the context in which we meet the person who just might be the most important person in the Torah. 
So did you think about who it might be? Who's the most important person in the Torah? Maybe it's Abraham, the first monotheist, or Sarah, the mother of the Jewish people. Moses, the prophet and leader and teacher par excellence, who takes the Israelite people out of Egypt. But I want to argue something a little bit different. Toward the beginning of this portion, Jacob says to his son Joseph, Your brothers are pasturing at Shechem. Come and I will send you to them. So Joseph goes off to find his brothers. But when he arrives at Shechem, he can't find them. It says, Vayavo Shechema, Vayimsa'u Ish. When he reached Shechem, he came upon a man wandering in the fields. The man asked him, what are you looking for? Joseph answered, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they're pasturing? The man said, they have gone from here. I heard them say, let us go to Dotan. So Joseph followed his brothers and found them at Dotan. And the rest is history. When he arrives in Dotan, Joseph finds his brothers... They throw him in a pit and sell him into slavery, and away we go on this crazy journey. Who was that strange man, that guy whose entire job in the portion was to say, they went that away? Well, we don't know. We don't know who he is, or where he went, or what happened to him, or how he happened to know where Joseph's brothers had gone. But we do know that he influenced the course of history. If Joseph had never met him, he wouldn't have found his brothers that day. Then he would not have been thrown in the pit or sold into slavery. His brothers wouldn't have followed him to Egypt. There would have been no enslavement, no exodus, no Sinai, no Moses, no wandering in the desert, maybe even no Jewish people. That nameless man set all those events into motion. I wonder if he knew it. Now, some of the commentators say he was an angel placed there by God to make sure Joseph moved in the right direction. But I like to think that he was just a guy who was there and who happened to help out, who had no idea of the cosmic import of his actions or that he had the capacity to shape world history. And I think there's a lesson there for all of us. We walk through the world doing things that often feel small, working at our jobs, shopping for our groceries, helping our kids with their homework, walking our dogs around the block, waving at our neighbors, and yet we never know what impact our actions might have. Maybe by smiling at somebody as you pass by, you have the capacity to turn around somebody's day. Maybe by going to the grocery store, you happen to be in the right place at the right time to help somebody get something they couldn't reach. Maybe by helping our kids with their homework, we help them discover something they love that goes on to be a passion or a career. So the lesson of the Parsha is that our actions have meaning, like that nameless guy way back when. You never know when you might be changing the world, or helping shape somebody's future, or just making things a little better for somebody. And when we think about our actions that way, it might just encourage us to act a little differently, to strive in every moment to be the best versions of ourselves. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoyed this program, please leave a review or a comment, and please pass it on to a friend. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Have a great week.